Welcome to our podcast, Transparently Speaking. I am Diana, and I have a son who transitioned at a young age to become his true self. And I am Joy. I have also supported my daughter to transition at an early age. We are here to share our experience and our learning along this journey. We want to provide support and guidance parent to parent. And if you find yourself on a similar journey, we want you to know that you are not alone. So let's dive in, Transparently Speaking. Diana, in the midst of various challenges and tragedies that the world is experiencing, we as parents of transgender kids are also sort of that heightened alert right now. And I want to share with our listeners that over the last year, nearly two dozen states considered legislation that would bar or ban access to some or all gender affirming medical care for transgender minors. And it's starting to be really real where we live right now too. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like it's one of those realities, like that I live between two worlds, a world where like, I try to ignore it and pretend like it's not there and go on living my life. (laughs) And another world where it's like, I have to do everything possible to not let it be the case. Cause I can't even imagine what we would do, you know, Um, like what happens to kids like Clark who have an implant in their arm that blocks puberty? What happens to them? What happens to taking their meds away? Like not just but like reversing the puberties they've started and then starting a different puberty. And more than anything, I like wonder about, um, we know the effect it has on kids to not be a given transition care. We know that there's higher suicide rates, higher risk-taking behaviors, et cetera, but we have no idea what happens when that's, not that it's not just not given, but it's taken away. Yeah, interrupted, you know, and, you know, and then taken away. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you, Diana. I think my protection mechanism has just not been believing that this is sort of on our doorstep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know I've seen there's a lot happening in Texas and a lot of news happening there. Um, and it just kind of feels like, oh, it's there. You know, I don't need to worry about it. Right. And yeah, that's what I thought when they introduced these bills. And I thought, oh, that's Texas being Texas, those crazy Texans. And I remember Amber Briggle, who's a, you know, a public parental advocate in Texas who came on the news and said, you know, people tell us to move and where are we supposed to move to? You think this is only affects Texas. You're wrong. It's coming to you next. And here it is. She was right. I remember thinking thinking, it won't come to the Midwest. It won't come to where we are. We'll be fine. Yeah. And here it is. And here it is. And so for our listeners who probably um, may not know what it is, can you tell us a little more, Diana, about the things that are being proposed and that are at risk for our kids? What are these bans and mandates like? What's out there now? 
Well, where we are right now, there's one bill being introduced that is a medical ban for any um, child under the age of 18. So no puberty blockers, no cross-sex hormones. No, it says in the bill, it says no physician that gives any form of transition care. So I think psychiatry can go under that, but I think it specifically says physician. So I don't think psychologists can, um, the way it's currently written at least. And the other part of that, it says that no healthcare provider can give referral to any place outside of the state that provides that care. So like they couldn't say you can go to Chicago or you can go to LA or you can go to Boston or so forth and so on. Like they can't say where the other institutions are. That it goes even deeper, you know, to not yeah. even. And I think that's the problem. Like the American Academy of Pediatrics supports transition care. There's so much research that supports transition care, that there are better outcomes, that, you know, we see less depression and less suicide rates when people are seen for who they are. And it's like, why are we going against that? Like, I get that people believe, like, I I truly think people believe that from the way they see the world and their worldview and how they were raised, that they think it's hurting kids, but it's like, you have the responsibility to make decisions for the greater good. And so you can't like propose bills without learning about what you're talking about. The American Academy of Pediatrics, why do they support transition care? What is all of this research about doing better? And I think that has me the most discouraged. What, what I hear you talking about is for me, this amazing, um, like I'm amazed that in Texas, right, they are deeming any version of medical transition as child abuse. Right. And that's after the legislature, the conservative Texas legislature did not pass the law that was introduced and they did not pass it. And so now the attorney general and the governor are saying, okay, forget that. It's our statement you know, Department of Child Protective Services start investigating and mandatory reporters like healthcare providers and teachers are need to report because we've just called this child abuse and you're a mandatory reporter of child abuse. So you have to tell us who these kids are so we can start investigating. Yeah. And it's, I'm assuming it's investigating their parents, right? Like who yes, would be taking- the whole family. Yeah the whole family right now become child abusers for supporting their kids through medical transition. And what about the physicians that have supported the kids through these medical transitions? I'm assuming they come up here at fault somewhere too, or, oh my gosh. Well, they're forced to report. So like, I think about this. I mean, think about Joy, what would you do if that came here? You know, I mean, we can say like, oh, probably not. I don't think our governor would do that. So forth. But that aside, like, I think of these families, like, I don't know if I'd send my children to school knowing that there are mandatory reporters there. I don't, I think I'd be frozen. You can't contact your healthcare providers, what it would feel like Mm -hmm. because they, they're supposed to report. I, I don't know what I do. And, and a lot of people try to make me feel better and I appreciate it, but it doesn't help when they're like, Oh, well, it won't go through the courts. Like once it's challenged in the courts, it won't go through, but like what happens to those families and those children until then? Until it goes, like that's, we're talking a lot of time. What happens if they're investigated? Are families going to be separated? I can't imagine the psychological effect on a kid 
to feel that not only are they not being seen for who they are, but because of them, their family is getting separated. Oh my gosh. I honestly hadn't even thought of that, Diana, like how devastating. And to your point, like, how can anybody think this is helpful? Right. I mean, I feel like the answer, the only thing I can come up with is education. I don't know the intent of the Texas governor without speaking to him. You know, I know people say, well, it's a political move. Maybe. I don't know. Is it ignorance and just just doesn't know about it? Maybe. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know that no matter what his intent is, that he can get followers by using certain language that are ignorant. Oh, you don't want them doing surgery on your on five-year-olds now, do you? Nobody's doing surgery on five-year-olds. Nobody's giving five-year-olds hormones. Like stop saying things that aren't true just to gain support. So for me, like the one thing that we can do is begin to educate. Yeah. And like who, right? So who do we continue to educate? And I think this is, this brings up for me again, this challenge, right? of um, Diana, you and I being in this undisclosed space. So how do we even, it's almost like we're trying to rally those around us who love and support us and arming them with the information and the language and the capability to go out and educate and have conversations with school boards and school administration, uh, you know, and as I mentioned is before we started recording, like I do not understand the political and government space. I think I need to go back and take like high school civics again. I totally just, I need to own that. So I have no recommendations, you know, around how we even start considering playing in that space. But I know there's a lot of energy, you know, you and I have talked about the various groups we're part of. There's a lot of energy there in terms of how do we advocate? You know, how do we start preparing for court cases? How do we do all this? And it feels so heavy and it feels like so much. Yes. Yeah. I'll audit that class with you. (laughs) (laughs) On the political front, emails, phone calls, um, and I find on social media, I find, you know, being part of the groups that are organizing more of the political movement to just to know where it's at is helpful. But I think taking care of ourselves, man, that's been the hardest part for me. Yeah. Like making space to be sad, to be scared, making space to be, you know, devastated. Well, thank you for being willing to be vulnerable with us. This (laughs) is, this is devastating. You know, you just, yeah, I mean, you just want to be like who you are. You're like, we're just a regular family and it's calling. And you're trying to tell me that I'm a child and I'm abusing my (laughs) child because I love them and I'm trying to support them and I'm trying to see them for who they are. I mean, the first thing I thought about is Grayson. We live in cold climate and Grayson only wears shorts. Does not like to wear pants. And I'm like, oh my God, they investigate us for child abuse. That's the first thing that they're going to point out is that I send a kid to school with shorts because he's almost 14 and won't listen to me about putting pants on in 20 degree weather. Oh, we're doomed. (laughs) All right, I have to laugh sometimes. No, thank you for the levity. (laughs) But, you know, it... You're trying to do the best for your kids. And let's face it, as 
parents, there's so many questions along the way. I mean, I don't have as many questions now as I did, but there's always questions of, did we do the right thing? Did we do it the right way? I mean, there's no right way and there's no right thing, but there is, you know, good, better, best. Yeah. We try to stay on there and it's like, now we've got to like battle this crap too. Well, I'm curious, Diana, you know, how do you navigate the space of what you choose to engage your kids in? So what I'm thinking about is, you know, Samantha is actually up for getting her hormone blocker placed, replaced. So she's had it in for two years. And, um, and I haven't talked with her about the latest set of legislation and the latest stuff that's going on. Right. Um, and I'm trying to determine like, how much of that should I keep her informed about or not? Right. To your point, I don't want to make, to generate anxiety for her about something that she has no control over or that we have minimal control over. Right. Again, all we can do is try to influence, like you talked about through education, through informing our legislators about, you know, what's important to us and trying to help them understand and make choices that can support their constituents. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, how to best engage my kid. And I think that is an age-based question, but I'm curious if you have any insight for us about that, from your perspective. For Clark, who's almost 16, um, you know, it's easy. I'm like, have you heard on TikTok what's going on? (laughs) That's where he gets his news. I'm like, has TikTok talked about Texas? Because I'm not on TikTok. And he's like, yeah, I know about it. I'm like, oh, thank goodness for TikTok news. Um, But he did. And I, you know, and I asked him like, what do you think about that? And I, I do talk to him. I'm like, just, you know, I told him what was going on here with the medical ban. And I said, you know, we have the privilege to know where there are other places to go and we can get us there, but not everyone has that privilege that are transphobic, basically. Like we have to speak up. We have to educate. We have to explain like, what is gender and how is it formed and stuff like that. And and encourage people to call their, you know, legislatures, flood the governor of Texas phone lines with people that disagree. I mean, even if you're out of state, just flooding the tone line, phone lines, the world's not the world, but the country's watching. Yeah. I actually have a friend from the UK that called me and was like, are you okay? And I was like, how did you even know about that? But I guess maybe the world is watching. I have another friend yeah. from Germany who knew. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. But... I think some of this definitely makes its way over the big pond for sure. Unfortunately, usually our only our worst news does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but our family meal, Clark actually wasn't there because he had a extracurricular activity at the time. It was really interesting to talk to Dinah about it. And so, and every like Dinah, Grayson and Bruce were all there. So it's like, hey, you know, there's the governor of Texas who's the head of that state, different state than where we live in. Just because I don't think that Dinah at, as a kindergartner has full understanding. And I said, they make the rules there to some degree, some rules they're allowed to make. And they decided to say that any parent that allowed their child to be their true selves that recognized they made a mistake when the child was born and let them be their true selves, because it's all language we use anyway, um, that they're abusing their child. 
and he kind of was like looking down and, and so I wasn't sure how much he was taking in, but, um, Arthur, my husband pointed out that he asked good questions. He said, what is abuse? It means that they think that the parents are hurting the kids. And so they want to check that out. They want to investigate and stop the parents, but they're saying that allowing them to be their true selves is hurting them. And Diana said, well, that's just mean. <laughs> yeah. Arthur later, when we we're talking privately, is like a six-year-old can get it. Why can't the governor understand? <laughs> I think balancing that, like what's going on? I always try to add in Mr. Rogers. There's look for the helpers. Like there's so many people helping to change that. There's so lots of people talking and using the law. I think of Lambda Legal comes to mind, but ACLU, so many others are using the law to try. So there's people helping that understand to make it right and let them know, like, we'll do everything we can to make sure that kids get to be who they are and that people understand what that means. Yeah. And I also heard you very clearly say, like, we happen to be in a place of privilege, like we're going to be okay, even if it gets to a point where some of these decisions are made that are harmful. Um, at least at this point in time, we have options in order to navigate that. Right. And I do that mainly to diminish their anxiety, not to diminish the fight. Yeah. Like we still have a responsibility to speak up and fight and what feels right for them. Like I'm not going to start um, disclosing Clark if that's not his wishes. And he doesn't want to be disclosed because he doesn't feel safe. This ain't helping. Right. It's <laughs> not, not going to do now. But part of the reason that the conversation with Dinah is like, can we use Dinah's story? I want him to start having a say so in that. And yeah. he, he just, just said, I don't know. Yeah. Well, he's six, right? But yeah. I love this beautiful, you know, potential option of, you know, different than the undisclosed space you've been in with Clark, as I have with Samantha, of having an opportunity to be an advocate in a different way, if right. Dinah so chooses, right, to want to advocate for himself. Right. Because I, I told him, like, when people actually get to meet you, they understand. And like a lot of people that are making these, have these thoughts, made these decisions, have never met somebody who's transgender. Yeah. And so they have no understanding and no idea. And by giving people a face and a person and an understanding, it makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. But it's up to you. Yeah. It's your story. So powerful. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Diana. And for all of our listeners, I think that's the request is, you know, if you're taking something away from all this, if you're learning, have conversations with friends, with family, encourage people to kind of help us fight this battle and help people understand what's going on and make requests of your representatives and your legislators to help make sure that we're making good choices for our kids. Right. Make sure you have accurate information too. So if you're not sure, it's okay. Then there's so many resources that you can get or just say, I don't know, I have to figure it out, but this is what I believe. And for those parents that are listening, like we are a strong group of warriors, the parents and so many others and allies, like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be scared. And 
it's okay to stand up and fight. That's a wrap on this episode of Transparently Speaking. Thanks for joining us today. Join us again on the 1st and 15th of every month for our next podcast. Thank you to Filter for our awesome music. That's P-H-I-L-T-Y-R. Check them out at Apple Music, YouTube Music, Spotify, or anywhere you download music. As a reminder, we welcome your feedback and questions. Email us anytime at transparentlyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. If you're taking something away from our podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take a moment to provide us a review. The more listeners and reviews, the more people we can reach and support. Thanks in advance. Cheers from Joy and Diana.